It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. Legal immigration, illegal immigration, but we'll start with illegal immigration with my next guest, Josh Smith. Uh, who joins me to break this all down. He's a research manager at the Center for Growth and Opportunity at Utah State University. So let's start with Title 42, Josh, because you know that's what I would call, in air quotes, the big discussion. But in fact, while it was, call it a patch that exists and could be used, it's not the solution. It, it was never going to be the solution, but it was the only available patch at one time. So next week, Title 42 expires. Is there any updates? Is there any possible legal challenges that could stop that? We know a lot of the states are fighting back. There's a lot of efforts to keep Title 42 around. I think the most notable one right now is that Senators Tillis and Cinema have been working on a reform package together, which would include extending Title 42. Uh, that looks like it's going to be pushed to next Congress. But fundamentally, you're right. It, this is going to be a patch, and it's never going to be everything we need. America, to have a well-functioning immigration system, one that we can all agree works for us, is going to need to create both a high wall and a wide gate. And right now, Title 42 can only be a half measure because it's only focused on enforcement yeah, the the problem, I, and I I looked over the the Tillis Cinema uh, proposal as you know what's been reported on it is we never seem to get the enforcement first, and, and even in their proposal, which of course there's the DACA component, that's the one that gets most attention in other parts of it. You know, why are we giving up something? before we get or anything for that matter before we get enforcement true enforcement at the border which requires time structure and implementation i think there's one one of the biggest boosters for this bill has been the national border patrol union and they're completely right on on this point which is because of how many people are crossing and getting put into the asylum system, they're not actually patrolling the border. And so they've been a big booster for this kind of reform package. You know, it's, it's just a framework right now, so it's hard to point to a specific uh, things besides the, the general outline of the plan. But the biggest thing that it would do for border security is really hiring more people to process those applicants for asylum, hiring more judges to see those cases through and make sure that People who are applying fraudulently quickly get tossed out of the system. Right now, you can wait so long at waiting for your court day that people uh, aren't really deterred at all from trying to cross the border. So I do think we're going to get enforcement out of, out of this sort of deal. It's, I think it's the right sort of thinking to get us both the high wall and the wide gate that America needs. But let's walk through this. In order to put judges in place, and that's not the first time it's on the table, you need time, and again, you need implementation. Hiring, training, structurally, you would have to build out the support system to include judges right down to the desk, the office, if you will, the computers, the procurement, the ordering. There's a whole set of things that have to happen before those judges are in place. 
again, back to the problem that Washington and whether it's Tillerson Cinema or others, but they're the ones for this, for this example, uh, there's very little about the timeline and implementation that is realistic to stall in the problem. We don't need a wide gate. We need the right size gate that says if you want to come here legally or if you have a true asylum claim, then we will have a process and people ready to vet that claim so that we don't get this. And as far as the the, the illegal aliens showing up for their court dates, the percentages are so low. It's not beyond shocking. It's ridiculous to even consider that court systems are going to get them back to court, even if you give them a phone and send them a text. So I do think we should focus on what we're getting right now, which we actually spend a lot of money on border enforcement. We spend $17 billion each year. uh, And that's actually more than we spend for the FBI, right? We spend $1.70 at the border for every dollar we spend with the FBI. So I do think it's important to put that in the context of this conversation. Say, we are getting that high wall. What we really need is to figure out how to get people processed quickly. And you're totally right. That's going to take time. And that's part of why this framework includes the option to keep Title 42 around until the administration, I think it's the uh, Government Accountability Office, says this is uh, the time to sort of remove Title 42. Well, why not? I mean, I'm going to ask almost a rhetorical question, and especially when it comes to Washington and being realistic about this. The fact is enforcement of current law. Going back to the remain in Mexico uh, policy, actually putting up both physical and increasing uh, technological barrier for uh, for interdiction when people try to cross the border illegally. All of that needs to be in place. But instead, we get these frameworks that really haven't worked before. But this time, we're supposed to believe that Senator Tillis and Kirsten Cinema are going to put something together that's going to put people in an office somewhere and that's going to solve the problem or at least do something to the problem. Again, the numbers don't back their proposal up. Immigration judges, you could quintuple it. I'm not saying we don't need more. Fact is, we do. But you could quintuple the number of judges, and if the illegal alien doesn't come back for the court hearing, it doesn't matter. So I do think we're going to see a lot more effective enforcement with some kind of quicker processing. You're totally right, this is gonna take time. No one disagrees that the immigration system in the country is a mess with record numbers crossing the border this year. That's a big problem. And you're right, it's gonna take time to solve it, which is why it's important we start now. When 2023 comes around and the new Congress comes in, if they're not gonna pass something this Congress, we really need to find a way to get reform through. And I think this is the right way. Hiring those judges, yes going to take time. But that's why it's also hiring more Border Patrol officers. It's why the National Border Patrol Union is in support. I think these kinds of things signal it's actually a pretty bipartisan effort in the long run. Yeah, I I don't trust either one of them on this one. The Democrats have lied about enforcement before. They've lied about process. The process never gets put in place. And Tom Tillis really has never been strong on border uh, security in, in his time in Washington. 
you know, if we're not going to get, if we're not going to reduce the flow, to use the plumber's analogy, right, you've got a big leak, first thing you do is you turn off the water. Turning off the water requires working with Mexico, Guatemala, other nations. It requires uh, a, a number of things to stop that flow. When we see buses being funded by NGOs and nonprofits inside the United States, and no action is taken on them, and we see buses escorted by federales to the southern border so they can walk over. I mean, come on, really? You think the illegal aliens care or these other countries care what some senator pretends to write in D.C.? I think, to use your flow analogy, I'm, I'm from an incredibly rural area, more cows than people in my hometown, and so I grew up with this kind of story all the time being told, which is, if you want the water to get to the crops, you've got to clear the irrigation ditch. You have to make sure that there's a place for the water to flow. And we have that problem in the U.S. immigration system. Haitians last summer, a great example, they were actually barred from applying for guest worker programs. Luckily, we got that fixed. But is it any surprise so many people are showing up here and saying, let me in when they're not allowed to come through our existing guest worker programs? So that's why we need to both you know, clear out that ditch, make sure water has a place to go, where the flow, the flow goes where we want it to, not just building up the walls around the irrigation ditch. Yeah, on the issue of work visas, and I've always been a proponent of a proper working uh, seasonal worker program. Uh, it can work for agriculture, the, the hospitality. It can work for many industries in the U.S. And it actually does work for some nations, especially when we get into primarily English-speaking nations coming here into the hospitality business. That's, that's one of the examples there. It's different in, in agriculture where language and communication is less of an issue than it is, say, in hospitality where you're literally communicating primarily with Americans and, yes, people from all over the world. But we, we, we don't get technology applied properly there. Uh, we have people waiting in line to add to that mess for years to come here legally. So let's move into legal immigration. And work visa programs, one thing, but green card programs, which is also on our to-do list for today's discussion, uh, this Equal Access to Green Cards for Legal Employment Act, uh, and maybe it's my uh, political spidey sense, but whenever I sit there and I look at something put up by a California Democrat, I ask, what's in it? And I've read it. And what's your thoughts? So the Eagle Act is a, is a great example of bipartisan efforts. You know, the current bill is sponsored by Zoe Lofgren in California that you mentioned, but also John Curtis out here in Utah. Uh, but it also this is a great story. It, you don't find many issues where Mike Lee and current Vice President Kamala Harris agree. But in 2019, they actually sponsored legislation that would do the same thing as the Eagle Act. It would lift the uh, per, per country cap up so that more Indians who are currently already here legally, but just stuck waiting in line, can actually move forward. And I'm sure your listeners have had the same terrible experiences with the DMV that I have. But for Indians applying to stay here legally, who want to come through the legal process, they face 90-year wait times, literal lifetimes, because we haven't gotten our own house in order. 
So I, I think this is an exciting example of what could be a great uh, bipartisan effort to make the immigration process work better for everyone. Any traps in this Eagle Act that you see? Anything that can be abused? I think the Eagle Act is going to be a net win. The real problem with it is that we need more immigrants. We need to raise the level. And in the Eagle Act, all it does is change the legal process. It doesn't add more visas at all. And that's going to mean that in a few years, we're probably going to have similar delays, maybe not 90 years, probably 30 years for everyone. And that's a big problem. So in my mind, the trap is people bring prosperity and we're not doing enough to raise legal immigration levels. All right. Fair points on that. Uh, lawful permanent residence status. This bill would allow certain aliens to have that status uh and as you said you know they're here already in some cases uh the three points required uh, the person is in the united states as a non-immigrant and that's a question i have has an approved immigrant visa petition has waited at least two years for a visa so if you're in the united states as a non-immigrant if you have an approved immigrant visa petition which is different in some cases than properly filed paperwork then is this a path for illegal aliens to get legal status it's not at all an amnesty no no similar thing for no fix for daca for example the dreamers this doesn't touch the eagle act is all about fixing the long waiting lines that people have. So there's not any back door for people to come through. It's, it's about just saying, hey, we've got we've to sort out this 90-year wait time that Indians face who are already here in the country. They're already stuck here waiting for their green card time to come up, and they just don't have any pathway other than waiting in line. And that's a problem just like it's a problem when you're stuck at the DMV. So this bill will not allow someone here who falls into the illegal category for any reason from using this to become legal. That's right. There's absolutely zero increase in, in legal or illegal immigration tied to the Eagle Act because this is just about paperwork. It's the, you know, the bureaucrats in D.C. have a system that doesn't work well, and this is Congress stepping to the plate and saying, here's a fix. It does look like it's not going to move forward this Congress either, which it's the holidays. It's going to be a hard sell anyways, but uh, I think the vote, both times it came up in the House this, this week, both times the bill got booted to, to next Congress. So I don't think we'll see any real change here, unfortunately. Yeah. And I, uh, I'm still waiting for the Democrats to provide or any of the open border Republicans, like those that voted for immigration, for amnesty uh, last time around. I'm still waiting for them to deliver enforcement before we create more pathways for people to stay here while we sort things out. Uh, if we don't have enforcement uh, in place first, then all this may be good, the Eagle Act, okay, that's cleaning up paperwork, and believe me, that's a problem in Washington, as you know, and we all seem to get an idea of, but without enforcement, you're not telling anything to the cartels, the coyotes, the, the NGOs, the, all the people vested in bringing people here illegally. I certainly agree. We've got to find a way to respond to these cartels and you know, we, they, uh, they've moved in on a market opportunity. People pay cartels sometimes as much as ten to $20,000 for, for opportunities to cross. 
And why not set up the immigration system so that they pay us that instead? You can imagine, for example, selling visas or selling work authorization uh, for people who want to come across the border and work legally, taking that money and applying it to help out people who have lost their jobs, natives here, people, Americans who are already here who are struggling in some way. That's one of the real proposals that I think people aren't thinking about enough. How do we make immigration work for America? Crazy idea. China produces 95% of the source material for fentanyl. India produces another 5%. The cartels take it, assemble it. That alone, designate them a foreign terrorist organization, give AMLO something to actually start working with whether he wants to or not, and once they have the FTO designation, start taking them out. They're not going to stop. They're going to continue to do business. I've been tracking this since 94. We've seen this play before. We have organizations who don't care what we do or who we sell uh, or who we you know, ask to pay for visas. The work visa program is not going to overwhelm the illegal entry problem. The cartel's not going to change behavior. Let's be realistic. They haven't changed since the early 90s. Why would they change their business model that brings them billions now? Well, remember, we spend more for Customs and Border Protection, $17 billion, compared to the FBI's just $10 billion. So and I think one of the best parts about Uh, selling visas or these kinds of proposals to make immigration work for America would be, let's spend some of that money we raise on border enforcement. And remember, if they're buying... How about we let them do their jobs? If you stop the flow, you lower the need for changing diapers and picking up, uh, up uh, what do you call it, uh, whatever someone needs, personal care materials. You, you stop the need for growing detention centers because you have less of a flow. And, and next week on the 21st, Title 42 expires. You can't sell enough visas to, to have any marked effect on what, would the, what the flow looks like now and what it will look like when Title 42 is gone. But remember, when we, when we change who they're paying, that's great, because that hits them twice, them being the cartels here. If they're paying us $20,000, instead of handing that off to a cartel for their coyote to take them across the border, we're You know, you know I, I got to put a little reality in here, Josh. I've actually gone in over the years and talked to illegal aliens. I've worked with groups that have worked uh, to, to get some that want to actually repatriate back. When a cartel tells you that you owe them money and you're working to pay off your debt, the Border Patrol, the cop on the street, the U.S. legal system means a hell of a lot less than the threat to your relatives or to yourself. That's real world. The cartel is the problem. We're putting patchwork on the cartels when, in fact, the cartels are the ones that need to go away while we do the other things we're talking about. And without a designation, without direct action, the only agency right now that has been able to at least maintain some significant effort is the DEA, and they're overwhelmed. The cartel is the problem. We've got to go to the core of the problem. Well, remember, we should be giving more to the DEA to deal with these kinds of problems. There's real problems here. Let's actually give them funding. But 
they're being uh, compared to the Customs and Border Protection. People are being pulled off of uh, actually processing, inspecting, watching the border lines to deal with the kinds of problems we have, which is why I think any effort that doesn't both build that high wall and widen the gate by creating some kind of legal pathway for people to come, we're never going to be able to sort out what we need to sort out. We're always going to have the same problem of border patrol agents pulled off to, like you said, take care of people, humanitarian cases, instead of actually going after the bad actors. When one of these politicians actually says something about dealing with the cartels, I'll believe that they're serious about it. Otherwise, it's putting a Band-Aid on a gaping wound, which is essentially what's going on here. You either deal with the source problem or you never really have a good shot at solving the problem. But, you know, what what do we know who've been watching this for decades develop and get worse while politicians preach, promise, and never deliver? Josh, as always, thank you. Hey, thank you for having me, David. All right, Josh Smith, Research Manager at the Center for Growth and Opportunity at Utah State University. You can join me live on The David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon East on Sirius XM Patriot 125.